<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens. A production of WQPT. PBS for the Quad Cities region. A podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues, and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens, and this is The Cities. Those who are keeping an eye on The Cities are launching a new initiative to make sure this area stays vibrant, inclusive, and fun. It was a couple years ago when the city's Chamber of Commerce helped launch a plan with a vision to the future, the year 2030, and that's how Q2030 was born. But now it's morphing into something much bigger, and this month it's launching something new. We talked with the Reverend Dwight Ford of the Q2030 team about its plan to have a permanent presence in the cities. Reverend Ford, why really was the thought to turn this into a nonprofit organization now? Why now? Well, one of the things that we remembered very early uh, in the process that kept coming back up again and again is how do we make this sustainable? And also thinking about how do we leverage the work that has already been, been done. We know that this started out as a movement. It really was a kind of an organic uh, kind of mobilization of people that kept wanting to come together time and time again to expand the conversation and see what the great possibilities would be if we uh, work together long enough at it. And one of the ways that we knew that sustainable efforts can continue uh, is through the formalization of the initiative itself. And so the 501c3 is a, a an effort to establish and to leverage the work that has already been done in the past, but also give us a sense of sustainability so that we would have uh, a foothold into the work that is being done so that we could take bigger and bolder steps. Well, I got to tell you the truth. Q2030 really started as a germ of an idea, maybe about, uh, what, what do you think, about four or five years ago. Is that not correct? When, when the year 2030 seemed more distant and it's not anymore. But it started as, as an idea of, you know, how do we move our community forward in so many different ways to improve society is that the way you see the way Q2030 started and, and, and how it's grown? Yes, I want to be sensitive to the fact that um, over the past seven years, because the ideas started really formalizing around uh, Q2030 around seven years ago, but that's not to suggest that there hadn't been great efforts in the past. Uh, one of the things that we acknowledge that we are part of a continuum. This is a journey, not a destination. And so we understand where we are in time and space and the individuals that have um, found a way to leverage their position and uh, be able to widen the tributary for more growth and development of such an idea. So seven years ago was that widening effort of a stream that had already had its genesis and beginning before uh, the formalization ever took place. 
And so what we've been able to do uh, with a lot of people involved is to take this movement and then keep pushing ourselves, pressing ourselves, if you will, uh, to reimagine what the Quad Cities could be uh, and how we could essentially remove uh, the um, barriers, whether they are perceived barriers or real barriers, and rework it time and time again. It's what the potter does uh, with clay. We don't take the clay and throw it off the wheel because we see something that needs adjustment. We just keep working it and working it. And that's kind of what this process has been. A lot of people know Q2030 perhaps just through the big table, which was the huge discussion, community discussion project, where you brought so many people together, so many diverse topics, all to sit and talk and kind of, you know, almost talk their way into the future. That's right. The big table was a, an idea. How do we create an experience, uh, not just an event, but an experience where people that are, for whatever reason, uh, may not be connected to another group of people or individuals or efforts or initiatives. And so the big table, tables are something people could relate to. It's what happens over and across a table that is meaningful. It's just not the cup of coffee or tea. It's the conversation that makes the tea or coffee great uh, or beverage of your choice. The idea is how do we get people across from each other, uh, speaking not about each other, but with each other, uh, and going to those tables where the, I would like to say our effort was to hope that people would enter into those tables with a mindset is not about who I agree with or disagree, but about what I can understand about others and what I would hope other, others would understand about me. And so all of those efforts <clears throat> across the, the Quad Cities started moving on their own after that. So you see people working with each other that had not worked whether they were uh, across the river from each other or uh, separate in municipalities or difference in the work obligations, whether for-profit, non-profit, governmental, you started seeing people start coming to the table uh, as individuals possessing their totality of humanity and talking from their own vantage point, which I think is so exceptional. I'll say this concerning the big tables. That in and of itself was one of the ways that we started this great idea of how do we form and start meaningful relationships. You know, uh, the, the way that we move forward in any organized effort is only at the speed of trust. And trust is uh, always a derivative of the time and effort people put into relationships. And those were the beginning days, and I'm so glad we did it. It was amazing, and it was really community-wide. But you know what, there's words and deeds and so let's see, what was the success from the big table as far as uh, fostering the deeds of improving the Quad Cities? Oh, that's a great question. And uh, your point is so true uh, that we know that words should lead naturally into what we do. Uh, there is always theory and then there's the practice or the praxis thereof. And so what happened and what is happening out of that is that there are a number of efforts that were already existing that found more support. And I can give a couple of those. Uh, one of the things that we understand is that what needs to be done in our community, more often than not, um, is already being done. It may not be recognizable, it may not be uh, scalable yet, but more often than not, the work that needs to be done in our communities uh, is already being done. And so what we wanted to do is provide space for people to start articulating and meeting and sharing. And out of that, people start working together. 
we will I'll mention the um, well suited initiative where uh, it was organized uh, to ensure that African American young men uh, would be uh, exposed purposely to individuals uh, that were in the corporate sector, some governmental sectors, wherein they we knew that their next step would engage adults at that level one day. So we brought all these students together and put them at a table, much like our big table, but purposely put them at the table to enjoy an experience, uh, an event, but also lead to relationship building. And out of that, not just the sponsoring of that event, not just the uh, uh, underwriting of some opportunities in the future for the young men, but out of that came personal relationships. And some of those young men uh, still have the business cards to the individuals that they were with, and they have started those relationships, mentorships, and possibly internships. John Anderson, we work with as well at uh, Quad City Bank and Trust, uh, said out of those experiences that we were fostering with African American Leadership Society and some of the other things, that I want to do something through my bank. And he was able to say, let me set aside a scholarship to a deserving young man that is interested in uh, finance, the world of finance and banking. Uh, and it was, we were talking about pipelining. How do we create pipelines for under, underrepresented populations into whatever industry or whatever that underrepresented population may be? And out of that came an opportunity for the scholarship at a local uh, university at St. Ambrose. And out of that, that young man interns uh, at the bank and out of that, at, the, at his graduation, he'll graduate within another year, that uh, he'll interview for a formal position there. And out of that will also come an opportunity because we're trying to keep talent here, that he would have the resources uh, and the help to secure his first home. And that is what we mean by pipelining and securing. But all of that started in relationships around the table. Well, and, and as you pointed out, I mean, for the Quad City area to prosper, you need young people to be developed in the area, but also you need them to want to stay. You, you need to create a, a, a community that has, you know, fun as well as work, as well as a good, you know, home life. Absolutely. We've, we've heard it time and time again uh, about why it is so important to uh, engage uh, this uh, uh, younger generation as they're maturing and matriculating and trying to create the spaces and even more so get their input into the spaces that we need here for them to be fully engaged, feel like there's a sense of opportunity and an escalator and an elevator and a ladder for them to keep climbing up. And I think these are the things that make more sense than not of how do we kind of create the spaces. It's one thing to say, we want to see this. It's another thing to say, how do we build uh, the house or the home or the environment that we want generations to inherit and explore and have to hold. And how do you build Q2030? And you have decided, your uh, group has decided to make it a nonprofit and to have an executive director to be in charge of it. That person is going to be, you know, I mean, for the very first executive director of Q2030, that's going to be a critical position. What are you going to look for in an executive director? Those, that's a great question. Now, of course, everyone, we are a very diverse group, um, and, and which I'm appreciative of is what we've been trying to model to the entire community where we've diversified um, uh, our board of directors in so many significant ways, not just with gender, 
uh, racial ethnicity and backdrop in careers, uh, nonprofit, governmental sector, for-profits, uh, but also in experience and understanding. And so it's out of that, that if we have been able to work together over the last uh, seven years and then now formally over the last year and a half, kind of really turning over this and how do we expand the board and bring more people to the table. One of the things we're looking at is an individual that has such a high level of relatability. They don't have to have all the world of experiences, but they do need to know how to connect with different populations and make everyone that you connect with feel as if they have a part, which they do, in the overall vision and hope and aspirations of the Quad Cities. I think they also have to have a great sense of mobility to be able to intentionally locate and to be able to uh, engage populations that have not been always welcomed uh, to tables in the past for whatever reason or simply overlooked. So the great effort then is for them to be uh, highly relatable, highly mobile, because it's going to take a lot of intentionality. And then, of course, the measurements that everyone will start looking toward after we get our feet under us, fully understanding that, that this takes time. However, we do need to be able to turn uh, some projects over and initiatives over that are sizable enough for the weight that we've been carrying. And so that person would have to definitely understand people, understand the local politics, how to engage uh, structures, how to work with large segments of our society, whether they're in education uh, or grassroots initiatives. They, they, they have to understand those movements that make a community strong. The Reverend Dwight Ford, who's part of the team of Q2030. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.